Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story. This is Chelsea, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan. And we are in Joshua talking about the different wars that are going on that Joshua is waging against all these southern kings and northern kings. (laughs) All these poor kings. These poor kings. Well, they're fine. They had a good run. <laughs> what stuck out to you? Um, okay, so what's really interesting is that in, the, in yesterday's episode, you said about, like, what do you know about these people that were, like, kind of deceptive? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then we ended it. <laughs> I still don't know much. But what is interesting to me is that these people basically, like the Gibeonites, they basically, like, tricked Israel mm-hmm. into making a, a truce with them, like mm-hmm. a like a treaty with them. Um, and I did some reading after we did the episode, which is probably backwards of how I should do it. <laughs> um, but basically, like, these people had heard of who Israel was. They had heard of who God is. And they said, like, oh, my goodness, we are definitely going to get crushed and destroyed unless we figure out how to, like, get out of this situation. So I don't know if they're, like, explicitly faith-filled. Maybe. I mean, they definitely recognize the authority of God. Does that feel... I think, well, it's kind of like Rahab. They're like, this God is powerful. Yeah. We want to be on this guy's God's side. So while their means were pretty deceptive, actually, one of the things I read that said, like, a lot of the language used about them is pretty negative. Mm. Like, they were very tricky, very sneaky. Um, they were sneaky, Gibeonites. It does seem like maybe Israel should have done a little bit more due diligence. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the Lord still isn't angry about it, though. Like, no. we don't hear any report of God being like, told ya. <laughs> so what's interesting is that the, this passage that we're reading today today, going from yesterday to today now, um, the Gibeonites are about to be attacked by, like, tons of kingdoms. And so they say, like, Israel, help us. Remember that treaty? Like, come help us. And Israel, like, rushes to the scene to help them. Mm-hmm. So not only, like, not only does their willingness to yield to God um, save them from the wrath of Israel, it actually saves them from the wrath of, like, all these other nations that are planning on attacking them. Yeah. So we see here they go from just, like, you know, like a neighbor kingdom with a treaty to like an ally that's going to be protected and fight with Israel, which is kind of neat to me. And it's all in the context of they were willing to recognize the authority of God and yield to that authority. And so now they are saved from this conquest. Yeah. Have you ever read the book of Jashar? (laughs) It's not, it's not on my bookshelf. No. Yeah. I'll see if they have it on Kindle. I like when there's like, isn't this event recorded in the book of Jashar? Why are you even asking? That stuff's actually pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I'm sure Because it it's like, man, where 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 are those things at? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's there's not a ton of uh, there's not a ton of things that I know about that. Yeah, I mean, well, I love any story that involves God um, controlling nature mm. to accomplish his will. Like, I think about, I mean, Jesus controlled nature. Like, we see that's one of the reasons that the disciples were like, oh my gosh, this is actually not just a man. Um, but you see that God is in control of everything. He's in control of the sun, the moon, the hailstorms. <laughs> but um, yeah, the sun stood still. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to do my daylight saving joke. That's dumb. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> done. We're done. Not only did the sun stand still, there were like huge rocks that fell from heaven. Yeah, exactly. Wait, rocks? Hail. Hailstones. Oh, right. Right? I mean, ice. Ice, rocks. Ice, <laughs> rocks is hail. Lots of ice rocks. I'm, I'm picturing boulders just like falling, but that's not what happened. It's actually just hail. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but he destroyed 
I, I think it's just interesting facts that, that you can pull out here. That that hailstorm destroyed more of the enemy than the Israelites did. It's divine. It's divine involvement again. Well, because you, see, I mean, you see how they describe the army there. It's like it's as much as, much as the sand on the seashore, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like the Israelites could not stand against an army like that on their own. Again, the Lord is just divinely working on their behalf. The other thing that stood out to me is Joshua kills the descendants of Anak, who we know are big, big men, <laughs> giants. Um, except there are still some in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. Um, Goliath, who fought for the Philistine army, eventually. If you're not familiar with David and Goliath, I suggest you look it up. <laughs> um, he's from Gath. So we're just going to see, again, I, I love kind of pulling those out. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. You get to see, like, a little foreshadowing of where he comes from. Anyway, that's all I have today. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to God's whole story. We are enjoying going through Joshua. We will see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Joshua 10, beginning in verse 1. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he has destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and now were their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the royal cities and larger than Ai. And the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Param of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, and Dabir of Eglon. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once. Save us. Help us. For all the Amorite kings who lived live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up against you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Haran, killing them along the way to Ezekah and Megiddo. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Haran, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with a sword. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this, the, is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky, and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. During the battle, the five kings escaped and hid in a cave at Makeda. When Joshua heard that they had been found, he issued this command, cover the opening of the cave with large rocks and place guards at the entrance to keep the kings inside. The rest of you continue to chase the enemy and cut them down from the rear. Don't give them a chance to get back to their towns, for the Lord your God has given you victory over them. So Joshua and the Israelite army continued the slaughter and completely crushed the enemy. They totally wiped out the five armies except for a tiny remnant that managed to reach their fortified towns. Then the Israelites returned safely to Joshua in the camp at Makeda. 
After that, no one dared to speak even a word against Israel. Then Joshua said, Remove the rocks covering the opening of the cave and bring the five kings to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave. The kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of his army, Come and put your feet on the king's necks, and they did as they were told. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, he told his men. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do all this to your enemies. Then Joshua killed each of the five kings and impaled them on five sharpened poles where they hung until evening. As the sun was going down, Joshua gave instructions for the bodies of the kings to be taken down from the poles and thrown into the cave where they had been hiding. Then they covered the opening of the cave with a pile of large rocks, which remains to this very day. That same day, Joshua captured and destroyed the town of Makeda. He killed everyone in it, including the king, leaving no survivors. He destroyed them all, and he killed the king of Makeda as he had killed the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and the Israelites went to Libna and attacked it. There, too, the Lord gave them the town and its king. He killed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua killed the king of Libna as he had killed the king of Jericho. From Libna, Joshua and the Israelites went to Lachish and attacked it. Here again, the Lord gave them Lachish. Joshua took it on the second day and killed everyone in it, just as he had done at Libna. During the attack on Lachish, King Horam of Gezer arrived with his army to help defend the town. But Joshua's men killed him and his army, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua and the Israelite army went on to Eglin and attacked it. They captured it that day and killed everyone in it. He completely destroyed everyone, just as he had done at Lachish. From Eglin, Joshua and the Israelite army went up to Hebron and attacked it. They captured the town and killed everyone in it, including its king, leaving no survivors. They did the same thing to all of its surrounding villages, and just as he had done at Eglin, he completely destroyed the entire population. Then Joshua and the Israelites turned back and attacked Debir. He captured the town, its king, and all of its surrounding villages. He completely destroyed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. He did to Debir and its king just was what he had done to Hebron and to Libna and its king. So Joshua conquered the whole region, the kings and people of the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, and the mountain slopes. He completely destroyed everyone in the land, leaving no survivors, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua slaughtered them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza, and from the region around the town of Goshen up to Gibeon. Joshua conquered all these kings and their land in a single campaign, for the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for his people. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. When King Jabin of Hazar heard what had happened, he sent messages to the following kings, King Jobab of Madan, the king of Shimron, the king of Akshaph, all the kings of the northern hill country, the kings in the Jordan Valley south of Galilee, the kings in the Galilean foothills, the kings of Naphador on the west, the kings of Canaan, both east and west, the kings of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites in the towns on the slopes of Mount Hermon in the land of Mizpah. All these kings came out to fight. Their combined armies formed a vast horde. And with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like sand on the seashore. The kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near Miram to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then you must cripple their horses and burn their chariots. So Joshua and all his fighting men traveled to the water near Miram and attacked suddenly, and the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. The Israelites chased them as far as Greater Sidon and Misraphathamim, and eastward toward the valley of Mizpah, until not one enemy warrior was left alive. Then Joshua crippled the horses and burned all the chariots as the Lord had instructed. Joshua then turned back and captured 
Hazar and killed its king. Hazar had at one time been the capital of all these kingdoms. The Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no survivors. Not a single person was spared, and then Joshua burned the city. Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people, completely destroying them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But the Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mounds except Hazar, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took all the plunder and livestock of the ravaged towns for themselves, but they killed all the people, leaving no survivors. As the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua. And Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given Moses. So Joshua conquered the entire region, the hill country, the entire Negev, the whole area around the town of Goshen, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountains of Israel, and the Galilean foothills. The Israelite territory now extended all the way from Mount Halak, which leads up to Seir in the south, as far as north as Baal Gad, at the foot of Mount Hermon in the valley of Lebanon. Joshua killed all the kings of those territories, waging war for a long time to accomplish this. No one in the region made peace with the Israelites except the Hivites of Gibeon. All the others were defeated. For the Lord hardened their hearts and caused them to fight the Israelites. So they were completely destroyed without mercy as the Lord commanded Moses. During this period, Joshua destroyed all the descendants of Anak, who lived in the hill country of Hebron, Debir, Anab, and the entire hill country of Judah and Israel. He killed them all and completely destroyed their towns. None of the descendants of Anak were left in all the land of Israel, though some still remained in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. So Joshua took control of the entire land, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. He gave it to the people of Israel as their special possession, dividing the land among the tribes. So the land finally had rest from war. These are the kings east of the Jordan River who had been killed by the Israelites and whose land was taken. Their territory extended from the Arnon Gorge in Mount Hermon and included all the land east of the Jordan Valley. King Sion of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, was defeated. His kingdom included Aror on the edge of the Arnon Gorge and extended from the middle of the Arnon Gorge to the Jabbok River which serves as a border for the Ammonites. This territory included the southern half of the territory of Gilead. Sion also controlled the Jordan Valley and the regions to the east from as far north as the Sea of Galilee to as far south as the Dead Sea, including the road to Beth Jeshamoth and southward to the slopes of Pisgah. King Og of Bashan, the last of the Rephites, lived at Ashtaroth and Edrai. He ruled a territory stretching from Mount Hermon to Selica in the north and to all of Bashan in the east, and westward to the borders of the kingdoms of Geshur and Maka. This territory included the northern half of Gilead as far as the boundary of King Sion of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the Israelites had destroyed the people of King Sion and King Og, and Moses gave their land as a possession to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.